Hello, Dog Days folks. It's day 24, Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. Dog Days contributor and founder Craig Stepp sent me a message mentioning a CNET article. He said he and Chuck Tomasi thought I'd find it interesting. They were right. In fact, two days after sending me this, two science podcasts I listened to mentioned this scientific finding. Then I saw it in the New York Times. So everyone is picking up this story. As has been brought up a number of times in this series, it involves isotope fractionation. When I first uh, brought that up in an episode, I did not know it was going to continue to come up as much as it has. The story is that researchers in Alaska studied the migration habits of the extinct woolly mammoth. By the way, the lead researcher's name is Thomas Wooler. This reminds me, reminds me of an optometrist in my hometown of Davenport, Iowa, named Dr. Wink. Yes, he was real. Google it. Anyway, Wooler's group used isotopes to follow a woolly mammoth they named Kick, K-I-K, who journeyed about Alaska 17,000 years ago after finding his skeletal remains. Specifically, they cut into the tusk, which records the years, actually even the days, like tree rings. The first thing they looked at was the strontium-90 isotope. I've mentioned this when we talked about King Richard in episode 10. They also looked at oxygen isotopes, which I covered in episode 11 with Utsi. Alaska possesses a rich diversity of rock formations, each with varying mineralogical fingerprints, which are reflected in the plants growing there. Recall strontium-90 isotopes in rock leach into the soil and are taken up by plants and animals who eat them. Oxygen isotopes, like 16 and 18, can reflect lake evaporation and rainfall in a particular region, if you recall. Thus, each day, Kick munched on grass, which contains strontium and oxygen levels reflecting that of the grass they ate, and which were incorporated in that day's layer at the base of the tusk. They correlated those isotope levels in part by finding the fossils of small rodents who lived at the same time in areas all over Alaska. The small rodents can't move around that far, so the strontium-90 and the oxygen-16 or 18 isotopes and their teeth and bones reflect just that little area of Alaska. By comparing the rodent isotope with Kick's isotopes during his life, they could actually see where he was roaming. Wow, this must have been an incredible effort of forensic science, if you really think about it. The ancient dental records show that Kick lived to be 28 years old, and in that time he covered enough of the Alaskan tundra, taiga, and I guess taiga is certain northern swampy areas, and mountains to nearly circle the world twice during his lifetime. However, it, appear, it appears he never crossed the land bridge into Russia, which was there at the time. When, when Kick was young, he spent most of his time in the, uh, in the Alaskan interior, a less mountainous area. Then when he turned about 15, his patterns of movement movement shifted, spending much more time to the north where the Arctic Wildlife Refuge and National Petroleum Reserve are found today. It's likely he changed his movements because he finally split or was booted from his herd and headed off on his own, or maybe with a small group of other young adult males. 
In the last couple years of his life, his movement slowed and he was confined to a smaller area above the Arctic Circle. At 28 when he died, Kick was still middle age for a mammoth. Pretty amazing to be able to recreate his life's wanderings after 17,000 years by looking at isotopes. An uptick in nitrogen-15 isotopes in his last year suggested he died of starvation. Most nitrogen is nitrogen-14, as we've learned. A tiny amount is nitrogen-15. They're both stable. My guess, kind of an educated guess, is that increases in nitrogen isotopes reflect starvation in that the body probably begins, begins to cannibalize its own muscle made of amino acids which contain nitrogen. And possibly in this process, nitrogen-15 preferentially remains in the bones and teeth and tusks. Yet another case of isotope fractionation. Thanks a lot, Craig and Chuck, for that. A little addition to this, an update to episode 9, yet again about isotope fractionation, in which I mentioned that corn generally has more carbon-13 in it than do potatoes, and that this demonstrated a shift in the Native American diet from potatoes to maize about a thousand years ago when they analyzed buried remains of Native Americans. Turns out, you can see the same carbon-13 increase increase in the teeth of mid-19th century Irish workhouse inmates. Why? Any ideas? The Great Irish Famine was caused by potato blight in the late 1840s, early 1850s, I think. A time when the consumption of potatoes obviously decreased greatly, evidently replaced by corn or other high-carbon-13 foods. Yeah, we already knew about this, but uh, this is demonstrated also in their teeth and bones. They also see the increase in nitrogen-15 isotopes due to starvation in these people, just as with Kick the Woolly Mammoth. Talk to you tomorrow.